podcast my name is jasmine and i'll be your host for this episode guys it's december 27th of me recording this and i hope you guys had an awesome christmas break for me i got a half day off on friday since christmas was on a sunday this year an additional day off monday and it's been so relaxing and definitely needed and i hope you guys had the same on your end super excited about today's episode we have a few rapid fire headlines that involve airlines a controversial crossword puzzle, Lauren Daigle, and more. All that on the INO podcast. Stay tuned. So our first story of the day, the New York Times published a swastika-shaped crossword on the first day of Hanukkah. Uh, New York Times is sticking to their guns, stating in a tweet, yes, hi, it's not a swastika. Honest to God, no one sits down to make a crossword puzzle and says, hey, you know what would look cool? That is their actual tweet. Now, it's one thing to accidentally make a shape. I know that some people who make crossword puzzles say that the puzzle kind of creates itself. Um, It's another thing to see the shape of a swastika and to still publish it. One coincidence, okay. Two, things are starting to get a little fishy. Also, it doesn't help that this was published on the first day of Hanukkah. Like, what a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. But also, one of the puzzle answers had to do with Nazi Germany. So again, one coincidence, okay, (laughs) maybe. The second coincidence, okay, we're starting to look at you like, did you really mean to do that? But the third coincidence, it's not looking too bright. Moving on, we have Southwest Airlines is under fire after heavy cancellations. Around 80% of flight cancellations from this weekend alone due to the inclement weather that happened the entire weekend. Southwest canceled a ton of flights. I hope that you guys were not traveling with Southwest this past weekend. Southwest did release a statement stating, We are reaccommodating as many customers as possible based on available space whose itineraries have been disputed. Those whose flights have been canceled may request a full refund or receive a flight credit, which do not expire. This is a quote from Fox 31 from Chris Perry with Southwest Airlines. In other headline news, streaming giant Netflix is getting rid of password sharing in 2023. According to Deadline News, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings states that he wants to, quote, get back into investors' good graces. Now, this is a good time to bring back up the fact that a couple of episodes ago, I told you guys maybe shouldn't be on Netflix anymore. I want to take the time to clarify my point on this issue um, because I had people send in DMs, talk to me in person of, well, if we got rid of our Netflix, shouldn't we get rid of all the other companies that align themselves with uh, anti-biblical morals? Well, My main point is take it one step at a time. Do I recognize that we live in a fallen world? Yes. Do I recognize that if we got rid of every company that aligns itself with unbiblical views, would we be in a bad shape or with lack of luxuries or convenience? Absolutely. What I am saying is do what you can right now. 
Follow Holy Spirit, go with your conviction. If you feel convicted, if it hurt you to know that Netflix was promoting certain aspects um, that really just hurt your heart, hurt your spirit, then maybe it's time to cancel that subscription. In more lighthearted news, Christian contemporary singer Lauren Daigle donated $500,000 to various New Orleans nonprofits uh, whose missions are all diverse in the fact that they all help children. Um, They all have different missions, but ultimately they all help children. Uh, Daigle's nonprofit organization called The Price Fund has given away more than $2 million to 37 nonprofits around the world since its starting in 2019. Um, I wanted to put this headline in because, A, it's good news, but also just highlighting somebody in the church who is doing the right thing because there's been so much negativity (laughs) around Christian pastors and leaders falling this year. I don't know if you guys have paid attention, um, but there's been so many Christian pastors this year alone, um, let alone since the beginning of the pandemic, who have been caught in all types of scandals. So it's nice to see one of our own, do the right thing, give back to communities, and help children who are less fortunate. And our last headline of the day, Senator Mike Lee proposed a bill that could have major ramifications to the porn industry. According to Mike Lee's website, it reads, and I'm just going to read it, and I quote, Senator Mike Lee introduced the Interstate Obscenity Definition Act to establish a national definition of obscenity that would apply to obscene content transmitted via interstate or foreign communications. Obscenity is not protected under the First Amendment and is prohibited from interstate or or foreign transmission. The Supreme Court, however, has struggled to define obscenity, and its current definition under the Miller test runs into serious challenges when applied to the Internet. Senator Lee's bill would define obscenity within the Communications Act of 1934. Additionally, it would also strengthen the existing prohibition on obscenity by removing the intent requirement that only prohibits the transmission of obscenity to abuse, threatens, or harassing a person. Guys, this is huge. Uh, This bill could essentially take down uh, a lot of porn sites, or if these porn sites want to continue to Uh, produce these films, they would face some major legal ramifications. Some are even predicting that this could be the final nail in the coffin to uh, specifically Pornhub, but other porn sites as well. If you guys have been following the news at all about what's going on with Pornhub, basically a whole bunch of people, many victims of sexual abuse, came forward to tell how their assaults were shared and viewed on Pornhub without their consent. Um, And Pornhub has been neck deep in litigation since all of these accusations came out. This final bill by Senator Mike Lee could be the final nail in the coffin to say, hey, as far as in the United States, we don't want this obscene material to be able to be shared so freely. Um, Now, of course, people are against this. You have people who work in the sex industry, sex trade, who are absolutely opposed to this bill because they say it infringes on their right to free speech. However, obscenity is not protected speech. It never has been. This bill is looking to redefine what obscenity is um, in hopes that perhaps all of this porn that kids and people have such easy and free access uh, will dwindle and go down. 
It's important to note that back in 2016, Utah became the first state in the nation to declare pornography a public health crisis. If you are a Christian, you've been in the faith for any amount of time, uh, you know that porn is absolutely evil. We know that porn does not produce anything good. We know that porn is detrimental to our physical health, our spiritual health, and our emotional health. This bill is very, very big. Uh, A lot of people are thinking that it probably won't go through because it is so uh, harsh against the sex industry. However, it's definitely really important, something you should keep your eyes on. And it can potentially bring up other people who want to uh, further the conversation on what is obscene, what is not obscene, and how can we better protect um, people from seeing such obscene material so freely, so easily. It's also important to note that because obscenity is not defined, um, everything has to be taken on a case-by-case basis, which slows up the process as far as uh, litigation goes. Um, But having a clear-cut definition would definitely help speed the process up. If we just knew, hey, this, this, that, and a third is considered obscene, you produce this, therefore it's obscene, therefore you have to pay a fine. And those are our rapid fire headlines. Let's get on to the rest of the show. So this morning I was uh, at work and I had a pretty stressful morning this morning. And so I decided to read a couple of chapters of the Bible before I started uh, my work day. And I just felt led to read Hebrews 10, and then that led me reading before Hebrews 10, uh, starting with Hebrews chapter 8, and then continuing on to Hebrews 10, because honestly, when I started reading Hebrews 10, I didn't know what they were talking about because I didn't have full context. So I went two chapters back, and um, the amount of revelation God gave me in that time frame was just mind-boggling, and I feel like it's such a good time, like such good timing that he showed me this in the word because it's around Christmas time. At the time you guys are getting this, it's been a couple days after Christmas, but tis the season. Um, And really what he showed me and what really reiterated to me was the cleansing of the blood of Jesus and the potency of the blood of Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm not going to read you every part of Hebrews 8, Hebrews 9, and Hebrews 10. You should definitely go back and listen to that or read that yourself. Um, But what we're going to be talking about is how Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. So I want us to think a little bit, think about the Old Testament uh, and the Old Covenant. So the Old Covenant could only cleanse you for ceremonial purity, aka physically purify you. Um, Back in Old Testament times, you had to kill an animal depending on what type of sacrifice you were doing. Um, And the blood would cleanse you enough to atone for your sins for another year. So every year um, you would have to do this. Every year the high priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies and atone for our sins. He would cleanse himself first and foremost because if he didn't, he would fall dead. That's why the priest had to wear bells around their waist. So that way if the bells were ringing, the people knew if he died or not. If they were ringing, he was alive. If they weren't ringing, they would pull him out because they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies with the presence of God. The presence of God always had incense that was burning and uh, the Ark of the Covenant 
of the Lord with the cherubim and the Aaron's rod and all that fun stuff that was on the inside, which represents the presence of God. Um, people, regular people could not enter into the presence of God. You had to be a high priest, which means you had to have um, the Levite bloodline. Uh, and even still then, only the high priest could do that. So even if you were a Levitical priest, that does not mean you would get the chance to go into the Holy of Holies because that might not be your job. Um, and so that's why we had this separation and this uh, guilt that came from our sin. I love what it says in Hebrews 10, verse 1 and 2. It says the, and I'm reading the NLT version, but it says the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing to those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. So not only did we have to purify ourselves every year because we were all, you know, unclean, but we also had guilt. We had guilt that came from our sin, whether it was conscious or subconscious, we were guilty by God's standards and that's the only standard that matters. But when Christ died, his blood was so potent that it cleansed not only us physically and healed us, Isaiah 53, but it spiritually purified us. Isaiah 53 reads, but he was bruised for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus' blood not only spiritually purified us, but saved us from our transgressions, saved us from our iniquities. These are the sins that maybe we are born into. Maybe it's a, a family line. Maybe it's whatever the case, but sin that so easily besets us. These are iniquities. Um, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So he died not only for these two things, but also a third thing, our peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. So a fourth thing, we are healed. So we got purified. We got healed. We got peace. We've got freedom from our transgressions and our iniquities, all because of the precious blood of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. In the Old Testament, when they were cleansed, they still had an alive sin nature, the flesh, because Jesus had not come yet. So because Jesus had not come yet, their flesh couldn't be crucified with Jesus because he had not died yet. Now, you might be wondering where I'm getting this from. This is from Colossians 2.20, and it continues on to verse uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, and I'll read that for you now. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? See, rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So before Christ died, and Colossians touches on this, which is where I was going to go, the flesh was still very much alive. It took severe bodily discipline, pious self-denial, and strong devotion to overcome the works of the flesh. 
It's because we did not have the power and grace of Jesus. So think about just how hard that had to be. Like you, you don't have Holy Spirit at that time unless he came upon you like David or like he came upon Samson when he was uh, fighting the Philistines or wherever the case. If you didn't have Holy Spirit hover over you, it was just sheer willpower <laughs> to keep you from sinning. And we know for those of us who have tried to introduce a new discipline into our lives um, diet, exercise, going to bed early, staying off our phone, whatever the case is, having that much discipline is extremely hard. And that's why some people have extreme discipline and some people just don't. And it's because our flesh is weak, but because Christ died, we were also crucified with him and we were raised with him. That's what, uh, Colossians two twenty through three, one talks about not only did we die with Christ, but we were raised to life with Christ. So the beauty of the blood of Jesus is that it's not only vast, that it saves so many people, but it's potent, that it goes so deep not to merely cleanse me of my flesh, but also my spirit, that because I died with Christ, my flesh my flesh man has died, but my spirit is awakened by the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I have the grace and the strength, the supernatural grace and supernatural discipline to walk rightly with God. That is the good news that once we were dead, now we are alive in Christ, which frees us from what? It frees us from the guilt of sin. It's all in the Bible. The consequence of sin is death. That is the eternal damnation that uh, if you continue in sin, you will eventually find yourself in. And that is why it is such a beautiful thing that Christ came because he gave us power to crucify the flesh daily because he walked in that power. By this sacrifice alone, I have grace to daily crucify my flesh alongside with Jesus. Before then, Unless Holy Spirit came upon me again, like David, like Samson, I had to crucify my own flesh by my own will, by my own discipline, which was impossible. And that is why Christ came to give us a new covenant, because we just couldn't do it. No matter if you had the purity of heart and the holiness of David or the discipline of Joseph, whatever the case is, all of those men sinned. But for us, we don't have to do it alone. Our guilt has been taken away and our physical bodies have been purified for holy use. It is such a high honor. That's the point of this podcast is to remind us of the high honor that we are now because Christ is our high priest. We now have full access whenever we want to enter into the presence of God. We can enter into the holy holies whenever we want. In fact, what Christ wants is for us to live there. He doesn't really want us to exit. He wants us to live in a place of abiding in him and constantly connected to the presence of God. It's kind of scary to think, but how much less of an excuse do we have than the Old Testament people? <laughs> the Old Testament people didn't have this grace. They just, they just had to kind of hunker down and hope. <laughs> that they were doing just enough to hopefully escape the wrath of God. They had to crucify themselves on their own 
discipline. And that's why so many men in the Bible failed, let alone the people of the world. We don't have record of every person of the world, but just how many people failed with pleasing God. And this explains why it is such an abomination to God if we deliberately keep on sinning. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 26 through 30 has this kind of chilling message that reads, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said... I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said the Lord will judge his own people. Verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Chilling, right? I got convicted and felt a warning in my spirit and a a chilling fear of the Lord almost of just to continue to deliberately live in sin is treating the blood of Jesus as common because what we are essentially saying is that was awesome what you did for us, Jesus, but we're going to keep going our own route. And it denies the power of the blood. The blood of Jesus raised us to life, raised our spirits up to life and crucified our flesh to continue to resurrect your own flesh and to continue in the accordance and the obedience of your flesh is to disdain the blood of Jesus. It is to walk on it. It is to trample on it. What the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus did, did what no other person, what no other animal could ever do. And that it, it pierced to the deepest parts of man where the animal blood only could deal with ceremonial cleansing and purity and the flesh. The blood of Jesus dealt with our actual spirit. What makes us, us, what makes us uniquely and wonderfully made the blood of Jesus was the only thing that could go that deep. And that's why we can't treat it as common. So I don't know who I'm talking to. (laughs) I know the Lord was talking to me this morning, but I don't know if I'm talking to anyone else out here. If you need, um, to circle back or if you need to repent, or if you need to come to Christ for the first time, uh, you can always send me a message on Instagram at ino.podcast if you need help with that prayer. But I just really wanted to share that with you guys because, again, tis the season. And I also want to be clear because if you're anything like me, sometimes I can tend to get into a works mindset um, and be pretty hard on myself. But the key word in these verses is the word deliberately. It's one thing to willingly fight sin and to fail every now and then in that fight. It's another thing to willfully and deliberately continue on in sin and make it a lifestyle and thus trying because you ultimately can't, but trying to make a mockery of the blood of Jesus. That's a completely different uh, lifestyle. So willfully walking in sin, making choices to sin and just saying, well, God will forgive me. It's fine. Uh, that's a big no, no, according to these scriptures. 
And so if you find yourself doing that, repent. If you find yourself like, hey, I've just been slacking, you know, the end of the year, whatever the case is, like, hey, I've just been slacking. I have not been actively pursuing the Father or I've just been willfully sinning. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of repentance. And repentance, all it means is that we turn directions. We turn the opposite way. So if you're going down the wrong path, turn back to Jesus Confess your sins, and one of the best things about Jesus is that he is faithful to forgive you. And so with that sobering reminder around the Christmas season, let's get to the end of the show. did not listen to my last episode first and foremost go back and listen to it but if you did this is for you I tease that I had some really big news coming up in 2023 and the big news is is that I'm launching a journalistic website I am super pumped about this it's been a long time coming for those of you that know me in my personal life you know that I am a way better writer than I am a speaker And this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So there are a lot of stories that I do not cover on this website. Sometimes it's because I'm still chewing on things, honestly. And so writing is a great way for me to continue to chew on stories and hopefully get some meat out uh, without specifically putting them in this podcast. And then honestly, sometimes I just don't have time. You guys have seen that in the past I've had hour long episodes and what you guys didn't see is that my notes still had maybe half a page left. Um, And so this is going to be a place where I can put stories where maybe I don't have time to put it in the show or maybe it's something that I'm still working through mentally. This is going to be where you guys can read those processes and hopefully get a great story out of it. I am super excited because I'm interviewing an anonymous source. I cannot tell you who the source is because it is very sensitive information, but this source has left the occult um, and they are actually actively seeking this person. And I am going to be documenting her story as one of my first long form pieces. The website is not officially on Google yet. So there will be a podcast later on in January, as well as posts of, Hey, the, the website's actually live, but I could not wait to tell you guys. I'm super excited about some of those stories that I'm be covering. Uh, again, the person who has left the occult is it and is in hiding is going to be one of the stories. I'm also talking about a Charlotte business that is, uh, just completely wrecking the kingdom of darkness as far as, uh, the prison system goes and really diving into the story of how they are working to reform prisoners after they do their time. Uh, There's several more stories like that coming forward, but I'm super excited about (laughs) all of these stories because it's something I've been wanting to do for years, and now I finally have the time and the resources to do it. So with that, y'all stay saved out there because things are getting crazy. Peace. (laughs) Peace.